Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, number 37. Yes, 37 in a row. Um, That's a quirk joke just for me, but it is my podcast, so there you go. In any event, joined once again by Miles. Hey, everybody. Or Borat, or some hybrid in between. He's planning his new uh, voice for the next season of the uh, sitcom I'm going to make him write. Oh, can't wait. Listen, if, if it was a Borat-type figure, wouldn't that be better than what I had you doing last year? Yes. Yes, it there would. A lot of things would be better than that. There you go. See? No, no reason to complain. All right. Um, Android Steve is here. Hello, everyone. Was Is there any truth to the rumor that I heard you saying three and four earlier, not just one and two? I did. I've Which been... is funny because zeros and ones are really only your thing. I've been reprogrammed. Ah, interesting. <laughs> The next stage in cybernetics. The evolution. Ryan, you're here. The machines are rising. What are we going to do? Well, I, I mean, adapt or die, my friend. Which movie would that be from? I don't know. Just hello, everyone. <laughs> I, wa- I want to believe you're quoting like Terminator Salvation or some nonsense. No. They're learning. Like I, like, they can walk upstairs Like I would now. quote anything from that terrible franchise. Give me a break. There are so many things that you quote that are worse than that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for real. And uh, hey, we have a newcomer. Thanks, Moss. Yes. You're welcome. Uh, Mitchell is here. Hello. Happy to be here. First time, long time. Well, you, you say that now, but give, <laughs> give us an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into the, the deep end and let's take a question. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Ryan has a question for us, as always. Film Hog Face Office. Kate Winslet movies tied into perhaps a uh, Kate Winslet related conversation shortly. Sense and Sensibility or Titanic? And we'll go um, Miles, Steve, Ryan Mitchell. Uh, I'm going to say Titanic. It's an hour too long and it doesn't need the framing device at all, but it's otherwise a really entertaining movie. I will go with Titanic as well, even though I don't really care for it all that much, but Sense and Sensibility has been there, done that. I mean, everyone knows I'm not a fan of James Cameron, um, but I will say that she she's uh, she's great in Sense and Sensibility, and I will go with that. Which is so you're going based on her performance, not I want. Well, the question is best Kate Winslet film, or is mm-hmm. or you know, and it goes down that. You know, rabbit hole of is it the best film that she's in or is it the better performance? I think it's both uh, with Sense and Sensibility. So I'll go with that. Yeah, I would agree that she is the better performance is Sense and Sensibility. But I think for me, the better movie is Titanic, which I probably wouldn't have said a couple months ago. But I just rewatched it like two months ago for the first time since I was like a teenager and I really loved it. So I would definitely go with Titanic for a better movie. Fair. And I'm on a similar plane of existence. Sense and Sensibility is fine. Titanic is slightly better than fine. She's good in both, maybe a little better in the former. But the latter, if you, especially if you trim away some of the stuff Miles was talking about, the last hour is pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very good disaster movie, 
it's a perfectly serviceable romance and a solid period piece. So, you know, comes out in the wash. All right. This is a pretty good one. Little Children or Revolutionary Road? Ooh. Um, I think Revolutionary Road by a hair. I think that's one of her my favorite performances of hers. Uh, and she and Leah were just so good in that one. Um, but Little Children is really good, and she's good in that too. So that's tight. Hmm. I'll go Little Children. What's the little, little, cho- little Children Revolutionary Road? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd probably go Revolutionary Road. I actually think that that's a really good performance from her, and I like the sparring matches she has opposite Leo in that film. And uh, but Little Cho- Little Children's great. It's just a uh, man. That's a really tough one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, one. it is. That is a really tough one because they're both they're both kind of of that type of like mid two thousands like domestic dramas. Yeah. So it is kind of hard to compare them. But I Very think if similar. I had to choose, I would probably say Revolutionary Road. Maybe gets the edge. I love like. The production design, the costume design, the cinematography in Revolutionary Road maybe like give it the slight edge for me. Yeah. Um, overall, I go Little Children as the better film. Revolutionary Road is the better performance. Mm. And yeah, visually, it's the more interesting movie. I, I, I do love Todd Fields. And uh, I think the s- full cast of characters turns out better in Little Children, I think. I'd agree mm. with that. Rev- Revolutionary Road, you have Michael Shannon, but not really anything else. And this is coming from a movie that has Zoe Kazan in it, so you know I already like it. <laughs> um, but Little Children, you have Jackie Earl Haley, you have the um, respective partners. Um, the town feels a little more lived in, yeah. as it were. I will say that if you were going to remove her from Little Children, you could have an equally good movie. You know, you put a different actress in that. It's not a role that, per se, needs her to play it. Uh, Not to say she's not great in it. She is. But Revolutionary Road somewhat functions because you need to watch those two together, you know, crumble. It's only only as good as it is in part because you, you you know, oh, they they got off the boat and they moved to America. And then this happened. You know, it's not. But you're supposed to sort of think that. Well, it's the perverse pleasure of watching America's sweetheart couple, like, turn out to have just as shitty of a marriage as your average Joe. Yeah, and that always works out great. You saw our uh, By the Sea, right? <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, Brad and Angie are doing great, right? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Next one. Iris or Finding Neverland? Which one's Iris? Iris yeah. is the one where she plays Judy Dench. Oh, yes. And uh, Finding Neverland is the one you forgot she was in. Nope. Always knew she I was did in it. forget she was in that, and, you know, problematic cast members notwithstanding, I think I do like Finding Neverland better as a movie. Oh, boy. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go Finding Neverland as well. Uh, um, yeah, I'll go with Finding Neverland. I actually think it is a good movie, and she's really good in it, and she has good chemistry opposite Johnny Depp um, uh, and, yeah. in the film. And, uh, yeah, Iris is fine. I I like Iris. Um, I think Finding Everyone is fine. I think she's fine in both. So Iris gets the tiebreaker of being the better movie. Oh, no, 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 no. We didn't say Mitch. I know. We didn't say I Mitch. Yeah. I know. I was just chiming in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, but, Breaking well. up the order. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't have a, I unfortunately don't have a very strong uh, rebuttal to anything because I, I feel like I would choose Little Children and Revolutionary Road over both of these ones. Like very these fair. are kind oh, of probably sure. her two wow. that I think are like the most like forgettable to me. So I guess I would maybe uh. pick Iris of the two, but I, I could lose both of these out of her like filmography and not be upset about it. Well, funny you mention that because the next two are Quills or the Reader. Nice. Oh, I thought we were about to get into Divergent, where we're talking about no. Marvel. <laughs> uh, Ryan M. can uh, look at that as a feather in his cap that he did not give us Divergent. No, good on him. So what were the options, I'm sorry? Quills or The Reader? Um, I guess The Reader. It's not anything special, but I like her. I like Ray Fiennes. I actually really like the kid who plays the young Ray Fiennes in that. Yeah. Um, but, so did she. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, neither is anything special, I don't think. Yeah. I would go Quills. That's like it overall. Better. More yeah. memorable. In a, at least in a good way. Yeah. Um, I would go with The Reader. I actually don't hate that film. I think people just get mad at that movie because it took the Dark Knight spot in the Best Picture lineup. For a lot of people, uh, people that um, know themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, it took uh, a lot of other things places yeah, besides that. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. or probably Wally, or a lot of movies. Or the wrestler, that, yeah, well, the wrestler, threw off a lot of people's yeah. best actress predictions. True. Yeah, yeah and the, the but I I still think it's a, a a really good movie. It's not like a really good movie. I'm sorry. Let me amend that and say it's a good movie. She's yeah. very good in it. Um, and uh, yeah, the the two male leads are are very good too. Yeah. yeah, I think the reader gets I, th- I think the reader is like fine. It's nothing special. But I also think it does kind of get dinged with like being representative of the even back then, like the stranglehold that Weinstein had over like Oscars and everything that like, he just like made it happen because he willed it into existence, like it getting that kind of Oscar love. Um, but I think for me, I go with Quills. I think Quills of like that kind of that kind of movie is one of the better ones. Like you guys said last week, uh, Jeffrey Rush's performance in Quills is amazing. I think Joaquin's amazing in it. And I think Kate's great too. So I, I would go Quills for sure. Yeah, uh, Quills by a little bit. Um, she's kind of met in both for me. Um, here's what I'll say about The Reader. It's it's fine. Like it's it, it certainly gets dinged a lot for what it got nominated over. And rightly so. It's easily the worst of that group. But I think also part of it is if you look at what was nominated that year, it, you know, you had Slumdog kind of surprising with its trajectory and Benjamin Button as an early favorite. So like very traditional Oscar lineup, like, ooh, little movie that could and the big movie that did, Milk for your biopic and Frost Nixon for your second biopic. So it just seemed like the the fifth slot could have easily gone to something that wasn't just a oh, this is the kind of thing that Oscar sort of goes for. Yeah. And, you know, like, like you know, if it had been Changeling instead, same difference. Doesn't mean it's better or worse. Just like same kind of like, oh, that's a thing they they kind of do. You know, in the same way things that didn't get nominated, like Defiance and things like that. They just sort of existed. You know, and it was, it was like we said, The Dark Knight being right there and Wally being right there. And they would have been very... Um, history making nominees and the wrestler being right there rachel getting married just more interesting things so yeah and that doesn't even count um some of the comedy options that were right there that you know they don't go for but you know would anyone really have been upset if uh forgetting sarah marshall was the fifth film 
let's say. Yeah. You know, so a lot of that is the reader's fault. And, and like Mitchell said, it was epitome of like Weinstein going, yeah, you like this. Trust me, you like it. Don't worry, you like it. <laughs> um, which, which actually comes into play a few years later, one of the last things he did it to, which was Filmina. That had the stink of like, oh God, we're just doing a Weinstein movie. And then people saw it and went, Oh, it's actually not terrible. Like it's, it's that's fine. Like I can get behind that one. I can get behind Filmania. No, no one like my Leo joke. No. Oh, I didn't realize it was a joke. No. Nah, he didn't realize it was the first time either. You know, it's funny. He got so little shit over that, but Travolta will till the day he dies. Oh well, that's, there's a difference. It's like completely butchering a name and then adding a, butchering a title, adding a syllable. I mean. You would hope that the uh, Academy member who voted on that film would know what it's called, but, you know, we know that's not the case either. All right, and because you guys were good, we can end on a good one. Steve Jobs or Eternal Sunshine? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Because uh, I think she's really good in Steve Jobs, which is definitely two-thirds of a good movie. Um Eternal Sunshine is classic. I think I have to go Eternal Sunshine just because I think it's better overall and it is one of her best roles. Yeah, I will I will say, spoiler alert, these are the two best of the group. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree there too. Well, um, which, one do you, which one do you pick? Do you Steve Jobs. Your, do you go against your creator? I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I have to do this. Break free. Um, Steve Jobs is is great but eternal sunshine's an all-timer for me so eternal sunshine yeah. it is yeah oh man that is tough um i've actually like come to appreciate steve jobs more over the years like when i first saw it i thought it was fine i think she's really great in it and she's really great opposite fastbender but yeah eternal sunshine she's fantastic in that film they're both i mean supporting performances i would say um Especially Eternal Sunshine, from my recollection, at least. Um, so it's it, slightest edge to Eternal Sunshine for a spotless mind. But she's great in Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, Eternal Sunshine, I think, especially for a lot of people, like, my age group, it came out when I was 14 and was, like, one of, oh, like, God. the first movies that made me realize what movies, like, could do for me and that they were more than just, like, entertainment you know and like made me really want to get into like movies and exploring different kinds of movies and stuff so it really has that kind of like special place in my heart so i don't think anything could really compare to eternal sunshine for me like from her filmography so that definitely gets it for me skirting over the uh the age comment that was just made um <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a sweep for eternal sunshine but again Steve Jobs is great. I, I gave it four stars. It was like my number three movie of the year that year. I, I loved it. But, and yeah, she is maybe best in show in that movie. Um, I think she is for sure. I, I think that character could easily be a nothing character. And, and one credit to Sorkin for realizing that you need a character who can, who can call jobs on his shit and also writing it that well. And then also being like, well, what if, you know, I mean, that's a hybrid of, Sorkin and maybe that time when Fincher almost directed it and Danny Boyle to go, what if we got Kate Winslet for that role? Which I remember being a little bit of a surprise when she was cast. It seemed like, wait, there's another big role in this movie? But she she aces it. But yeah, Eternal Sunshine is I think her my favorite role of hers. 
So mm. actually, while we're here, what do we think the uh, Mount Catemore would be? Ooh, okay. Well, mm. a lot of the ones we just mentioned. I think Eternal yeah. Sunshine has to go on there. Yeah, Titanic sure. has to. I think Titanic yeah. has Does to. It's it? her yeah. most like yeah. popular Does role. It? I mean, unfortunately, yes. it doesn't matter if it, the quality. It's it's. Uh, yeah, well, it's a I would think. I, the, well, it's one of the I mean, it's that the most people know her for. You yeah. can't not put uh, it on there. Quality does matter in these things. Steve. It does Come matter, now. but popularity. Wait, hold does on, hold on. As well, I created this this whole Mount Rushmore thing. It doesn't matter. A computer created Mount Rushmore. Yes. Congratulations on that. So I yeah. So I think you. Eternal Sunshine and Titanic have to be on there. Um, now, here's where it gets interesting. Do you include the movie she won an Oscar for? Yeah, because if we're going to do that, we're going to do, do. Yeah, yeah, put the reader up there. Do. I don't think you have to. Oh, no. oh that's you definitely don't that. have to. Because if you're I don't doing think, like on. the Mount Pacino, for example, exactly. do you really put Scent of a Woman on there? Yeah, hoo-ah. Yeah, let's no. do it. No. Well, if there's a hoo-ah, then there's a yes. Uh, well, so I would say Steve Jobs should be on there, though. Well, get, oh, wait. Does television count? I'd say Revolutionary Road would be one of my picks. Or does television count? I don't count? know if I don't know if television counts. It's their performance as a body of work. Hmm. I would say television counts for like I would Mary say East limited count, series. Yeah, it's limited a limited series yeah. only. I would well, say that she, well, she doesn't have like a lot of you know, series oh, okay. series. She's only got yeah. two limited series. This I'm and, saying uh, is like Mar and Mildred Pierce. Put, for for George Clooney, you can't do ER. No, um, well, no, but for, no. by that same token, if you did like Peter Dinklage, you wouldn't not do Game of Thrones. Very fair. Mm, true. Mm. It's the it, you know what? Damn this like mount. For Brian Cranston, you would definitely not not include Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd if have a, to. If it's a you'd performance probably put four, of that four different quality, seasons of that. I think it does. I just put four seasons uh, one, two, trumbos four, up there and just do that <laughs> for Cranston. All right. Wait. Let's see. So what else? Is, at? Yeah. All um, right. So we have Eternal Sunshine. We have Titanic. Um, I'll allow a TV so you can choose between Mayor and Mildred if you want. Did someone say Divergent? <laughs> What'd you say? Did someone say Divergent? No. But as we kind of established last week, we like having one sort of sideways pick, just something a little different. So, oh, what about Heavenly Creatures? Could work for I was, that. Yeah, if we go like sideways, I think I personally think Heavenly Creatures is her best performance. Still, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. one. I'd put that. I kind of like that being on there because that shows. Yeah, take Titanic off and put Heavenly her. Creatures up there. Well, let's yeah. not get carried away. <laughs> that's where I first I, I first saw her. And, See, uh, there yeah. you go. Like, All right, so. so here, so yeah, I think we 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 handled it. Mm. So, you guys, um, I'm gonna put something in your head while we move on to talk to about uh, her show for a moment. But the follow-up question from uh, Ryan McDermott was, choose four movies that you think would belong on Mount Flushmore. Famously bad movies. So I'll give you guys until the end of the episode. Wait, that's a great that name. Okay. But we, we're doing a Mount Flushmore as well. But for the moment, um, you said sequel? Mayor, Mayor of Easttown, while I uh, twiddle James my thumbs. Cameron's Go for it. IMDb page. Mitchell, why don't you hit it up? Yeah, so I mean, I I loved the finale. I think that a series like this is so difficult to to nail the ending for, right? Because so many people get wrapped up in like the the mystery of it, and you want to resolve that well. You want to resolve it in a way where it is surprising for audiences, but also not coming completely out of left field. So people are like, "Well, that's stupid. Like that doesn't make any sense. They just did it for a twist." And I think that the finale for Mare, like, found that perfect middle point where you could see how they threaded it throughout without, obviously, we're not going to get into spoilers, I don't think, but you can see how they threaded no. it throughout 
but it still was a surprise, at least for me personally. And more than anything else, the finale hit the the thing that makes this show so special overall, which is that it is really focused on the characters and the community and Mare's journey like within herself. So I yeah. think I wasn't I wasn't, you know, sure what to get out of the, what I was going to get out of the finale. But I think that they really hit all of the marks for it. And I was really, really impressed by it. When you're just talking about the finale, I think one thing that really worked with, you know, any twist or anything is the pacing of it. Yeah. And that for a little while there, I was like, you know, where are we going with this? Not in a bad way, but I was like, I knew there was more and Mm. it it, it didn't, but you didn't mind because you were exploring these characters and the themes even deeper and seeing kind of more of the aftermath and, and who these people were. Where mm-hmm. a lot of shows would end and they go, guess what? We got you. There's a twist here. This wasn't like that. This right to the very end to the credits had some uh, incredible performances that really, I wouldn't say put a, a, you know, tied a bow on these characters because their journeys didn't end, but you know kind of where their path is. And uh, even the last shot is just something mm-hmm. that's like just well done because it, it, it wasn't shock. It wasn't about, in the end, it really wasn't about who killed who it was about each one of these characters and they and they introduced so many throughout the series and they weren't just uh, a red herring they weren't someone thrown out there just to um you know to lead you down a path and say hmm, is it so and so um they they explored a lot of uh, of different aspects of from different perspectives and allowed you to to allow them to dig a little deeper without it just being about mayor or about being about two or three characters instead it was a, a even some of the smaller characters and i won't mention who um that become p- kind of pivotal in the end uh, some of the conversation they had conversations they had uh really just reinforced a lot of uh, of the messaging and a lot of the ideas that they were trying to get across yeah i mean i I binge watched the first five episodes. Um, and so the last two episodes I was able to go on the sort of ride with everybody else. And I just, I missed this. Like we got this, we get this with the Marvel properties on Disney plus and, um, we get this with obviously HBO shows. Um, but when it comes to the sort of, uh, bingeification of the world, we really lose a lot of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And what's great with a, with a wonderful mystery like this or, um, like true detective, you know, in that first season is you're along the ride with everyone else and you're just yeah. trying to put it all together and everybody has all their theories. And I swear at the beginning of this finale, I was like, Oh yes, I, my theory is absolutely correct. And then what was so great about it is it crumbles halfway through and it totally, and you know, something's going to happen. Um, though, it doesn't necessarily have to go down that route because there's so much within these characters. They could have mm-hmm. just dropped it there. So you're still at the edge of your seat trying to figure out how this whole thing's going to wrap up. Um, I think it's a beautiful examination of grief and mm-hmm. sort of how it passes on from a person to another and how a person grows from that and helps others handle their grief. Um, I don't think it's like, you know, misery porn. Um, no. like it's not because there's a lot of great humor. Um, there's, you know, characters in it that provide great levity. And, um, I but, just think it's, it's a really well-balanced show and it's a, it kind of a surprise because I just thought that this was going to be, you know, just some procedural thing to try to get yeah. Kate Winslet an Emmy. 
and it's one of the better limited series we've had this year. It's not my favorite, but I'm the more I'm thinking about it, like the more I'm just shocked at how good it was. Look mm. what goes down in the uh, just in the individual households, and like the you know in the exploration of grief just from Mare's household. Yeah, um, that alone it was like it's impressive. You have you know the mother, the daughter, the mayor, um, you know all these. You know I forgot who else is in that. Household. You have the relationship with her. You have the relationship with her mother. You have everything going on with her grandson. You have yeah. literally her husband. Is her neighbor back, you know, in the backyard? Um, you know, it's it. What's so great about it, too, Steve and, and Mitch, um, and sort of your opinions on it, I'd, I'd love to hear is I read a lot of people talking about that, you know, because she knew all these people, it sort of blinded her judgment. But then I don't think she solves the case without knowing through that connective tissue because we don't get that final reveal if yeah. she's not in all these characters lives one way or another. And so for me, I, I found it just like really interesting at times where like, yes, she's a small town cop, a small town detective getting clouded by her judgment. But by the end, you're just like, wow, this, she kind of has to be that. And it's to, I think her detriment. And it's really sad. Like the ending of this show is really sad, but it's also quite beautiful. Well, there's also a little bit oh, of yeah. hope as well, you know, with her story. With her, but everyone else is screwed. <laughs> well, that, that's life. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like at the end, like every, or at least some of the other characters are kind of in the position that Mare was at the beginning yeah. of the series where they're, they have a lot to, you know, get through and cope with. But through yeah. Mare's journey, we see that there is that hope at the end of it. Mm. All right, speaking of people who are trying to find some hope while most people were screwed, A Quiet Place Part 2. <laughs> got there um, we actually have a question from Matthew Anderson it says great show you guys got thank you Matthew with A Quiet Place Part 2 out in theaters I wanted to ask if there was a sequel that was disappointing for you try not to use Star Wars as too easy of an answer to pick and we can also talk some more about A Quiet Place 2 um, uh, I'm going to cheat and use a prequel slash sequel I'll say because uh, I've already complained about Prometheus a few times I'll say Alien Covenant Mm. again that trailer looked great especially the red band like oh shit alien fucking things up again and then you watch it and it's that's five minutes of the movie <laughs> and uh the rest is not good what well, so, even that stuff i don't think looks very good in it like that movie is a total wash for me no that the trailer did a good job of suggesting a better movie like, yeah. Well, as with Prometheus, but I think Prometheus at least delivered a little bit before it devolved into nonsense. Yeah, Pr Prometheus has that thing I always talked about of going with my ex to see it, and she and I love it. And leaving the theater, I'm still thinking it's pretty good. Waiting to figure out what we're going to eat. I'm starting to go, well, wait, what about sitting down, waiting to eat, getting hungry and getting annoyed. By the time I'm eating my food, I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? They, they get lost in a circle? And it just crumbles as soon as you start to put critical thinking on it. Uh, Covenant doesn't really even have that. It just feels like Ridley Scott knew he needed to make something a little more alien than last time. Yeah. And sort of like threw that part off. Um, 
there's just it's hard to figure out what the point of that one is. So I think that one really disappointed me because it it doesn't seem that hard to make an alien movie. Like the things you want out of it are pretty basic. You want to see the the xenomorph do some some cool shit you haven't seen before. You want to see some you know horror style kills and just do something different. And you know if you did that stuff well, then you could do all the the Prometheus you know space jockey stuff they were getting into and just have that be the you know the the cherry on top as opposed to this is really what you're here for right no we're not here for this so i think that one's a a pretty good example or you know any number of x-men sequels yeah my my, the first one that came to mind for me was x-men the last stand because that was like right when you know the first x-men ruled x2 was like oh my god this can be even better like this movie is phenomenal still one of my favorite superhero movies so like going into last stand i was so hyped i was i'm a huge fan of like the comics i love the dark phoenix saga i was like this is we're gonna get it this is gonna be amazing and then it's probably one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my entire i mean it's a formula they (laughs) they then perfected years later when first class was really good Days of Future yeah. Past is even better, and then Apocalypse is terrible. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, that movie is. Oh my god, one of the Apocalypse worst. Apocalypse is ever. a criminal underuse of Oscar oh, Isaac. Damn, yeah. I, I would rather have watched him play Abomination or Ivan Ooze for that matter, because he's kind of playing both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd probably. Man, there's so many to choose from, really, because uh, I would say uh, comedy sequels never work for me. Uh, like uh, the hangover, like the Hangover Part Two and Three, or Anchorman Part Two, uh, they just—it's very hard to capture the magic of those original ones. Um, shoot, uh, especially when you rely so much on the original material and they yeah. do nothing new. I'm not a Is, fan. Um, I'm not a fan of like Civil War. Uh, I know people, <sighs> but I, but I don't know if that's like a. I guess it's like a sequel, but it's also it's hard to judge the MCU. Because it's so uh, such a continuing storyline. Well, I mean, we're kind of get, I, I, here's what I'll say. Does it count for you in the sense of you were looking forward to it? I was. disappointed you. I was. Then I'll, I'll let you have it. Yeah. I mean, and then. That seems to be what we're getting at. I think one of the worst films I've seen and uh, of like ever in a theater is um, oh God, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm. Oh God, that movie's so fucking. That bad. I remember. I remember it was like a. It was a, this is sports reference. Sorry, folks, but like there was a, a Spurs playoff game, uh, the year they won the championship, and I missed that game uh, that night, and we lost. Thank God. Uh, and I watched them like the next game, and I just remember thinking, I rather have watched us lose a basketball game and spend three and a half hours of my life than watch that two hour just monstrosity that is on the screen that is that movie and the fact that like it's going to get tied into these new spider-man movies or whatever basically with this you know multiverse that they're going to try to do scares the ever-living crap out of me uh because that movie is so bad here's what i'll say one they they do a very good job at retconning things because they took thor the dark world and made you care about it again and that's a terrible movie um two i guess so um, just thank you overall for the big pause you gave so we can isolate you saying one of the worst things you've ever seen is we can put any number of movies in there now. <laughs> just depending on how we like you or dislike you. That's that fair. Week. 
You know, Steve will probably Brian put his robot me. voice yeah. in there. No, you, you annoy me. Suddenly your pick is Black Panther. And we're just putting that out into the internet. I mean, and we sit back and watch the fire. Say any Marvel fly. movie and I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? um, and, uh, and I'm surprised no one else has mentioned one of the most disappointing sequels, Hamlet well, 2. Well, maybe we haven't. I knew you weren't going to pick it. I knew you weren't going to pick it, but I just wanted my Hamlet 2 joke. Okay. I actually like Hamlet 2, but yes. Funny <laughs> joke. Hamlet 2 is okay. Were you going to say, fun. Miles? Uh, the one I was going to say was The Matrix Revolutions. Yeah. Uh, oh, I oh, get absolutely out, get out love I... the original Matrix. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I think it's if you're picking movies that f- made me fall in love with movies. And I don't think Reloaded is that bad. Reloaded's I think it's great. got some really cool action sequences in it. it the, yeah, but I blame, the plot I blame and the you for... philosophical stuff starts to get a little out of hand. But it's nothing that a good third movie couldn't have salvaged. And Revolutions is just it completely misses the point of why anyone would have enjoyed the original movie or even the second one. It's just nonsense and nothing. And it ends hey, the whole thing on such a lame note that you can. I like that. Movie. Left well enough. I alone. like that movie. Well, good for you. I think they're, both, I think they're both. We're not always going to agree. Yeah. yeah you know, hey. I think they're both terrible, but I, I kind of feel like there's a fun game we could play. Not this week. Cause I can't, I have to figure it out, but. If I told you a scene from one of the two sequels, could you tell me which sequel it's from? Oh, yes. yeah. I've got them oh, yeah. distinctly burned into my brain. I know exactly no, no. what happens. At oh, that, then I feel terrible for you because I'm not I'm so, happy. I'm sort of happy you probably that can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy that they were. I tried to uh, justify it to myself that year. Oh, I went through some changes. Because I'm like, I, if I thought about it, I'm pretty sure I remember there's a there's a fight with a bunch of Smiths. In yeah, the, that's, in the second that's, one. that's reloaded. There's multiple yeah. fights yeah. with uh, multiple smiths. Yeah, but I, I know one. that's the first like yeah, the second one starts with like uh in like the courtyard type yep. thing. There's yep, like yep, 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 of them. Yep, yep. Yeah, I know the there's that. Hour, you know. I'm pretty sure there's a uh car chase with like the key guy, right? That's in the uh, reloaded yeah, the second one as well. Yeah. Um Monica Bellucci shows up at some point. That's reloaded as well. Well she's in the scene in the third one. Yeah. She does nothing in she does nothing in either besides being hot. So No, she makes that with Keanu Reeves in the second one. That's I mean, that works out for I him. I think that's what she. I think that's what he just meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as opposed to sitting, never standing up and having one line of dialogue, I'll take that. That's true. Then uh, there's a lot of nothing that I don't remember. That's then he hangs one. out with the guy who, I um, like the architect dude, right? Yeah, that's that's, the the, that's reloaded. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the that one ends with like him on the slab next to like. The bad guy. Yep. It sounds like the only one you remember is reloaded. Reloaded. Yeah. That's saying something. I'm, I'm still missing like an hour and a half in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know the third one has him in like a train station for like a solid 45 minutes. True. There's a rave. There, there's no, a rave. the rave is in the second rave one. Is too. In the second Ra- one. The rave oh, no, is in all in of them. them. There's the sweaty cave rave, and then there's like the high tech disco cave. Mm. Oh rave. god, there's two raves. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The third one I remember there being train station, rave, train station, weird computer like computer video game fight and then uh ending that no one liked the only good thing about the third one is that there's that guy who uh, agent smith possesses and he does a better hugo weaving in that movie than hugo weaving does Mm. (laughs) so clearly matrix 4 coming next year yeah Yeah, well no coming this year coming this year yeah december right god even worse Um, speaking of bad movies transitioning from one franchise to another pirates 4 Oof. Oh, that I mean, pirates rough. you could have stopped at, and I, I don't like any of them. Oh, yeah, no, the four, fir- four is way worse than two and three. <clears throat> no, wait, how many are there? There are no, five. 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 Jesus. The Christ. first three are great. 
Ooh. Well, I love the first no. three. I just rewatched them all for my other Again. podcast. I love them. Fantastic. Would you rather? So you think Pirates Two is better than Terminator Two, though? Just for cl- for clarifications. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man. Carry on. Mm-hmm. Just wanted everyone to know that. Yep. Well, I also think it's because I have nostalgia for that for Pirates Two more than I would Terminator mm-hmm. Two. So. Um, I don't think Terminator Two. By any chance, I think Terminator Two is a fine film, but I would rather. If you're going to ask me which one would I rather watch, I would rather watch Pirates Dead Man's Chest over Terminator Two. So there's two. There's two different Pirates Two. Are you Are you thinking of what's the one you're thinking of? Well, Pirates Dead Man's Chest is Pirates Two. Because I googled Pirates Two and I came up with Pirates Two: Stagnetti's Revenge. It's apparently no. a pornography. <laughs> not that. Is that the one you're coming up with? Uh, that nope. is one of the best sequels. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, you know what's wild about this? I, I've now that I'm on the Google page for it. One, it's two hours and eighteen minutes long. Two, it's a seven point seven out of ten on IMDb, but IGN gave it a four out of ten, which means somebody at IGN lying. is reviewing porn. <laughs> well. Did you have a side gig before you started doing them? I I mean, if he got if that guy, if he or she got paid to do that, mm-hmm. I think I might apply to IGN. <laughs> there you go. Um, All right, go back. So tell me more about Stagnity's Revenge. Is what we're talking about, right? No, no, we are not talking <laughs> about that. Uh, no, I like the I like the first three a lot. I just rewatched them, and they all the first three pirates films they really all flow together because they're all really just part of one story, and then. They well, bring they're all rock- directed by Gore Verbinski. Yeah, who is a visual wonder of a director. Believe it or not, he directed Stagnity's Revenge as well. <laughs> well there you go. Um, but he then they really bring in they bring in Rob Marshall to do four, and Penelope Cruz and Ian McShane, and that whole series just tumbles down. And then they bring the guys on for from Contiki to do the fifth film, and that film tries to be a continuation of the fourth one but you know go back to the roots of the original trilogy it's up those movies are terrible mm. four and five but the first three are great yeah. fair miles do you remember that um, this might be like a decade ago we uh we had very tentative joking plans to do a podcast where we pretended to review pornography while not realizing it was pornography yeah like reviewing it as though they're actual like pieces of cinema yes oh yeah how could i forget uh. I feel like we could bring that back that's not a bad idea i had a, yeah. i had an idea like 10 years ago to make like a youtube channel that was just me reviewing the first like five minutes of a movie without realizing that that was like like reviewing the first five minutes of the movie as if that was the entire movie and i was confused that there was like more of the movie that i didn't know so it's like reviewing like the godfather part two and being like i thought robert de niro was supposed to be in this like he's not even in this movie interesting I feel like it's more of like a funny or die video, but there's potential there. Well, Um, it reminds me of that uh, time the Onion reviewed the trailer for Iron Man as though it were like a whole movie. It's like, oh, sets up expectations for the sequel that I don't know it can deliver on. (laughs) Fair. Um, Since we're on sequels, uh, I talked about A Quiet Place 2 last week, but some of you guys have now seen it. So feel free to uh, chime in now. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's not quite as fresh as the original, and it's, I think the original probably works better on its own, but I think it's still a very worthy continuation. There's some great filmmaking on it. Just a central hook of 
being on the edge of your seat for long stretches of quiet and like any sound even what would normally be a fake jump scare can actually be used effectively to sort of further the scene um yeah i thought it was uh great i think if they do another just one more movie of comparable quality then uh, this will have a, a sort of a place as one of the great horror franchises which I don't know if it's going to be a full-on chapter three or if that's maybe what I was talking about last week with uh, the Jeff Nichols movie. The Jeff Nichols thing. I heard that yeah. was going to be more of a spin-off, but I don't know for sure. Well, I, I mean, listen, Michael Shannon running around in that world. I think that would fit perfectly. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just uh, about an hour ago, uh, got to see it. Um, I was a little behind on it other than everybody else and it made a ton he, of money at the box office he broke all great. traffic laws to get here in time I, I, well, no it's like the movie there's like five minutes away from me. you're also in texas there's only like two traffic laws yeah well yeah there's no laws there's a minimum speed and then there's the scenarios in which you can shoot another uh, vehicular uh, passenger yeah well just uh, don't come to texas anytime soon folks um anyway um i really liked it and i actually liked it a little bit more than the first film. Uh, I was a little, uh, I, I liked the first film. I think it's good. Um, I, I think that there's some stuff towards the end that gets like very um, convoluted. And I think in this film, there's stuff that's a little convoluted as well, but you kind of have to go along with the ride of it. And, you know, it's typical horror films. They're, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're horror films. They're, they're not perfect. Um, and, uh, but this one, I really dug the performances a lot more and maybe it was because like Krasinski's in this only like, a little bit though. I like him as an actor. I just didn't like him a lot in that first film. He's in here perfectly enough. I think Killian Murphy's fantastic. Blunt's Agreed. great. He's a great addition. Um, Millicent St- uh, uh, Simmons and, uh, is, is really great too. Noah Jupe is easily one of the best young actors we have working today. Um, by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, I don't know where Jeff Nichols is going to go with this, but I kind of can't wait to see. I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where it's like a spinoffy kind of thing. And then by the end, it sort of ties into our main characters. So then like Emily and this cast gets like a little bit of a break, uh, for, for one film or, or whatever. Yeah, but they, they could also, they could also do whatever he's up to and yeah. then do a part three if they want and wrap yeah. up this story. Right, exactly. But uh, but I felt like, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this, as I was watching the second film and just thinking about this world and what it, possibilities it could be, and um, I think that there's a lot of political uh, sort of undertakings that you can take from this franchise. You know, I heard a lot about like, farm to table sort of masculinity or like what it means to be a a hero. And then there's also, you know, the, the, you know, the hearing impaired community. And then there's, uh, I also thought that the idea of this being a movie about, um, you know, free speech and speaking your mind and how the world seems to slowly and slowly in our own time, uh, you're having to say less and less and afraid of being eaten alive by the giant internet. I always thought that that was a, an interesting thing that I read, but I, mean, I, I, think- I kind of felt like this might be uh, our version of like our generation's Planet of the Apes series, like much better in quality, Ooh, but like okay. we could have multiple films sort of tie into a larger story and really get into you know, kind of cultural significance. I, I, that's what I was starting well, to the, pick up in this one as the, world the simplicity, was, yeah. the simplicity of it, I think allows that. Yeah. Because all those, all those things I'm sure are not right, but they're also not wrong. You yeah. can, 
you can plaster on almost anything that you want. I mean, listen, every horror movie, the monster can be something if mm-hmm. you look hard enough. That is the nature of horror. Mm-hmm. And and what this franchise does very well is keep things very simple mm-hmm. so you can do that, but also establish the world in such a way that you, you feel like it's worthwhile. Like, you know, a shitty horror movie, you don't care what the metaphor is because mm-hmm. it, it sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, like, there's the there's logic yeah like there's logic flaws and gaps here like any any movie yeah. but there's enough of an effort into creating the rules of this world that you'll you'll allow some of the things that like well that had to have made enough noise right or like you know well where, how many monsters are there and how far away are they and i yeah. like you know there it does seem to be convenient for the movie whether yeah. they're around or not but you you just have to accept that yeah. You know, like look at the the scene in the first one where the where the, the sun gets taken away. Like that thing essentially came from you know miles away because that you needed that scene to be that long for the tension. Yeah. But in other scenes in in both movies, they're either much closer or much farther. So you know, as long as there's enough that you buy it, you can get away with a lot of stretching of the premise, which is you know what a good franchise can do. Like, look. Listen, Saw did that too. Like, listen, mm-hmm. we we all have collectively people who like the franchise. At least have bought that one to four people can make incredibly obtuse traps. You know that that in in confined spaces in very small amounts of time. Like we've just accepted that that's something that can happen in this world because you buy everything else about it. Whereas, like Miles mentioned with the Purge, because you don't buy the initial premise as something beyond like, oh, that has potential. We never look in on the potential of it every time they do something bigger like look at the pur- purge election year that should have been like a super timely like thing that i would have loved and i hated it because when you don't buy the initial premise and you don't buy the execution it really doesn't matter yeah no I, I, yeah I, yeah I, you made great points there joe uh no um, i'll take it um i i i'm just uh i'm really impressed by it and also too the wonderful thing about this franchise is they're all wonderful around 90 minutes. They're, they're all around 90 minutes long. So they yes. really don't right when you think they're going to overstay their welcome. They, they leave you wanting more. And I think that that's, yes. that's they're what's slow, great but about they're tight. Yeah, they really are. And you know, the scares might seem re- a little repetitive or whatnot, but you're, you're nowhere um, near getting tired of them because you're just like on the edge of your seat with these characters. And I think that that's also, it's also proof that, you know, in terms of what's cinematic, yeah, a character who can't hear is very cinematic. Yeah. Whereas Mm -hmm. we've learned over the years, a character that can't see is a lot harder to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, not, not that this is easy to do, but I'm looking at my like rack of movies and I see the movie blindness right there. (laughs) And there's a movie that didn't work, you know? And like, um, like a blind character often needs to be not the lead by virtue of the limitations of the character. Whereas we've seen now in two quiet place chapters, like silence plays really, really well, especially mm-hmm. when you can put the audience into the character. You can't do that with, with blind characters, yeah. um, which is just unfortunately a virtual visual medium, you know, and, and of the senses that you can lose, you can heighten others, obviously, but you you can't you can't realistically watch a movie where you're in the position of being blind. 
It's just not, it's not really a movie anymore. It'd be a wildly experimental movie, but I don't think it would work. Yeah. But, you know, you can be in, in Millicent Simmons' shoes throughout this movie, and the tension is only higher because you can't hear, but you can see. Or, you know, in some cases we can hear, but she can't. Like, all of it works very well. You know, yeah. you can't make a movie where someone can't taste. There's yeah. just, there's nothing interesting about that. It'll be so interesting just... to see what Krasinski does next. Because obviously he's handing the reins of the franchise off to Nichols. Yeah, he's unlikely to, to, you know. So I would to, say he's unlikely to direct the next one no matter what. No, yeah. I mean, Nichols, I think, is it's a perfect choice for this. I, you, I mean, just watching... Something like Take Shelter or even Midnight Special, the guy knows how to build tension. Um, and he's, you know, a, a great, he's working in like Mud and in Midnight Special, uh, but even in Loving too, he really understands characters and, and sort of those films are very quiet and, and he's the right person for this tone. There's like, yeah, I, I couldn't have thought of another person better for the job than him. And if that means then also too, that, that green light something else for him down the road. Which is clearly what this is. Uh, yeah, which do. is fine with me because I love Je- Jeff Nichols's films. I think he's yeah, I think, I think he's a really good filmmaker. Really I mean, I'm filmmaker. I'm not super interested in his alienation project he's been trying to do no, forever. But no, yeah, I'm I much don't more want... interested in this. Yeah, let let him do this, and you know, hey, if this means like you guys said, Michael Shannon somehow gets into this world, I'm totally down for it. Um, you know, I I I think that this franchise is going in the right direction. Now the problem is, is like. Is it a spinoff? Is it a sequel? Be interesting to see where that goes. There'll be um, plenty of both. There'll be both. I yeah, suspect. I think so too. But I just, they're still in a good spot. You know, don't beat it to death. But it is nice to see an original horror franchise um, mm-hmm. do well. And and I mean, if box office indications are anything, uh, they're going to keep making them. And uh, studios should uh, not put their movies on streaming and just put them uh, in the theaters because that's profitable. Real quick before we move on, can I just make an observation? Jaiman Hansu is a two-time Oscar nominee, yet yeah. any time I've seen him in any movie in the last, like, 15 years, like five, he's Mr. Five like Minutes, the 14th build, like, <laughs> yeah. henchman, I mean, or, like, this, somebody who's got two scenes or something like that. This leads the to the question, here. this leads to the question, why have you not cast him in a movie yet? Well, I haven't been able to afford him, obviously. Well, you better call like, him. I think that I think that seems to be the only impetus because I think he'll work in anything. Well, because you see him in like Furious Seven, and he's got one scene in Aquaman and one scene in Shazam, and like he'll just like pop up in that things, one scene in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah like yeah. just these like third string villain characters that are so not making use of what he's good at. It's it's just I found it quite puzzling. Scoop McNary gets wasted in this too, kind of. Yeah. Wait, Scoop McNary's in this movie? Yep, yeah. he is the he's the guy. Well, he's the guy on the dock. That's all I'll say. Yeah, huh. he yeah, has my, no dialogue. My mind, my mind was blown when somebody mentioned that he's in the movie because I'm I'm a huge Scoot McNary fan and have very much been like, what? Where? What's he doing? Like, where's he Johnson. been at? And then yeah. this, he never got over not playing Robin. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought he was going to be the Flash because he had like the green screened legs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He spent a year being told he was going to be a superhero in a movie. He's like, I don't think I am. No, oh. I'm like, it'd be Maybe. no. But I did not even not good makeup job then because I didn't even recognize him in the film. I was, yeah. you know, he kind of looked so here, familiar, but you know. yeah. So here's what I'll do. So I want to do some bad movie pitches, but I'll let you guys start with a good movie pitch. Each of you gets a chance to pitch the plot of A Quiet Place Part Three. Oh, um, which would be interesting for the two of you who have not seen the film. Yeah, right. <laughs> in fact, 
Steve, start us off. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, it, it starts with uh, Charles Bronson. And it's, it's just it's live footage of him right now. So very quiet. Let's all just live in that for a moment. <laughs> See, the problem with me. So wait, wait, doing... wait, I have a follow up. I have a one oh, follow okay. as, a, as the executive. I have a note. Okay. Are you, are you, how long are you planning on this film being? Uh, four hours. <laughs> so you're you're Fair. planning on uh, 240 minutes of staring at Charles, Charles Bronson's grave. Uh, it, and a lot of it's in slow motion. It's actually a Zack Snyder film. Ah, oh, so it's and, really and a, an hour kind of and a half, but it's so here, yeah. slow that it's four hours, <laughs> exactly. and you need four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before reshoots. Yeah, okay. To pay I'm, the I'm witch doctor gonna... to bring him back from the grave. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably pass, but uh, don't call us. We'll call you. Uh, uh, all right, sorry, sorry, fans. Um, and just stand in the corner and think about what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ryan, you're up. Well, the problem is, is that I started thinking about like how I would continue this in the car uh, after I was driving away from the. All right. So there you go. But the problem is I would have to get very into spoilers and I don't want to do that. Um, All right. Well, here's what I'll say. Give us a non-spoilery spinoff and then we'll give a spoiler alert and you can do a like very quick one. Well, the whole thing is a spinoff because I would continue the story if I did a third one. But okay, um, so you're continuing the story, new characters. I would say where we end at the end, here's how I'll do it. Where we end at the end of this film, we then jump a little bit ahead of time. I think like maybe like two or three years. And I think then instead of, uh, (laughs) to avoid spoilers, he has his headphones off. Okay, Steve. Um, To avoid, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just going to say that we jump ahead in time and, while we're also dealing the the film introduces that there's an quite possibly another enemy out there. Um, so I think we would explore a little bit more of that enemy as well as, uh, mm. you know, have the monsters and, and really, uh, you know, really dissect into that and uh, sort of maybe the morality of, uh, you know, the morality of turning people back to the way things were. And maybe it'd be mm. like a commentary of how, People are transitioning back into being in normal society here after the pandemic. Okay. Fair pitch. So far, you're in the lead. Uh, Mitchell, what's your pin- pitch? Okay. So that all that all sounds very interesting. That sounds good. I think that might be... Might be why, why, are you trying to support, why are you trying to support your competition? I love it, shit Mitch. on him while just you go with the next one. Mitch, you get a co-writing credit if you just keep saying nice things. Well, now I'm making money from this one. So <laughs> my... I think so on on kind of that idea, I think that my pitch, you know, having not seen the second one yet, I think that for for my third one, we open with Scoot McNary and right. we we the, the character from Quiet Place 2 or just Scoot McNary, the actor? The actor, yeah. of okay. course. Make it real we meta. Just, we see, you know, kind of what he's what he's been up to, what's going on with him, and then at some point, you know, maybe end of the first act, he develops superpowers. And he fights uh, Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker because I know they're bringing him back. And, you know, that way it just makes a billion dollars. And Scoot McNary, my friend, is set for life. Uh, we have some wild rights issues to work through because this is a uh, <laughs> Paramount film. And they'll figure it out. Okay. They'll figure it out. Okay. Miles. Oh, I'm so depressed right now. Hang on. Um, okay. <laughs> 
without giving anything away from the end of part two, I would just say for part three, my only real note would be to there is a thread that carries through from the end of the first movie to the end of the second movie. And I would like to see that thread further explored, um, mm. bring Stanley Tucci into it somewhere. I yeah. rewatched Devil Wears Prada last night where Emily Blunt kind of first got her start. And I just want to see the two of them back together in something. So, well, they are put family. Stanley Tucci and yeah. And they're like in-laws or whatever. So yeah, put mm-hmm. him in there, but I'm more interested in now I've got this idea in my head of the Jeff Nichols spinoff. I want it to focus on Michael Shannon as a blind man. Let's see if Jeff Nichols can make that cinematic, if anyone could. (laughs) And, uh, you know, have him be like a don't breathe style blind man who's just wandering the the post-apocalypse, but like is like skilled enough to not. uh, Wasn't that just the road? No, the road. No, not the road. The road. Book of Eli is the one where you find. They're both bad. What do you want from me? No, the road's good. No, the road's good. (laughs) All right. So next pitch. You're all brought in. Um, the Pirates franchise needs a needs a real Boy breath of fresh it. air. <laughs> Boy, does it! Um, but here's the thing: it's a it's a big branding thing. We're making uh, we need we're we're bringing them together. It's the last Pirates movie. All right. Mm. So you have access to all of the Pirates uh, franchise, but also, um, hang on, let me check my notes. Captain Stagnetti. So you have to you have to work for that franchise also. So. The uh, the giant like Joe Esterhaus, uh, Paul Verhoeven pirates uh, movie. Give me your pitch, uh, Miles. Go ahead. Okay, I'm looking up the name of them. I don't know off the top of my head. My vote for the pirates franchise is a complete top down reboot. Forget all the uh, everything from the previous movies. You can hint that they take place in the same universe, but don't fuck around with any of those characters anymore. Start fresh. I've been mm-hmm. trying to look them up. There's this real life uh, story of this um, lesbian pirate couple who mm. were both getting by on pirate ships, one of which I think was even a captain. I know both, about the story. And by yes, both pretending is... to be men. And mm. names I've heard floated about a potential pirates reboot include Margot Robbie and Karen Gillan. I say get them both in there as these female pirates trying to make do by pretending to be men who fall in love with each other despite the fact that they... Th- think the other one they think that the other one thinks they're a man and then they both find out they're women and they're just more into it and they just go off and have adventures on the high seas that sounds amazing to me and it's directed by paul verhoven right hey i'm into it all right there you go all right uh steve uh i uh i think a nice pirates film where there's a portal they go into you know one of these mysterious caves with a treasure or something and when they come out on the other side they're in Disney World, <laughs> and they take over the theme park, and it just com- becomes a, a big uh, kind of meta Sorry. take on the whole thing. Are you are you implying that the the characters and the pornography should be running around Disney World? Wait a second. What? It's very Mel Brooks blazing saddles. I, yeah, I was about to say. I think I think uh, well, that could be a that Disney could be company really might might run into some. We might have a couple of problems with getting clearance on that. Well, well, then they go through the whole park and, and transform it all into uh, adult-themed uh, rides. Oh God! What are the teacups? Oh. I mean, not for nothing. Adult adult-themed theme park has some potential. Joey would be like the Willy Wonka of that theme park. <laughs> I mean, so I would be a billionaire. Because I'd own the park. You don't, yeah. Well, I mean, Good day, you and a bunch sir. of short men just walking around, and be like, "Look at all this pornography." 
I mean, if it makes me money, listen. <laughs> that sounds like Joey's dream job. <laughs> right. Uh, real real no, quick, no, no. just to... You do um, that while I think of dirty versions of uh, Willy Wonka songs. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, the real names of the um, lesbian pirates that I was thinking of, uh, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. If you want to find out more about that story, look it up. It's really interesting. I thought he was going to. It is pretty interesting. Story thought he was going to say something like Ivana Humpelot or something from like Austin Powers. Like, <laughs> a lot make of it vagina. Real... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Uh, here, let's do one more, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Well, I'm now enamored with the idea of. Uh, <laughs> god. Willie... We all know where the money of the site's going now, guys. Will Willie Park. Wankers. There we go. Opening we in there. Florida near you. Um, yeah. Yes. There you go. All right. So here, let's uh, let's do this, uh, Ryan. Oh God! You are uh, brought into a uh, company that's uh, not a streamer. Oh, cool! They very, they nice very much to know. want to put things out in theaters. Yeah. And they want you to come up with the next award-winning biopic. All right. So we want we want a biopic. But here's the thing. Oh God. We really we really need you to like take an actor or an actress who we don't think of as award worthy and and put it forward. Like I'm like I'm thinking you do uh you know the Lenny Bruce story, but we wanted to star Andrew Dice Clay. Like something oh, okay. like that. All right. Um well I was thinking that listen guys, we've talked a lot about pirates on here. It's time somebody Is it the Stagnetti does, origin story? Somebody does the Johnny Depp biopic. Right. Yeah. And who and better Steve than Rich plays him? Yeah, the and like the sort of he was at the top and he just everything just fell down. And then you can have like the whole thing with like his dogs going over to overseas and them having to get rid of him and the whole Amber Heard thing. And you're gonna probably have like Lily James play Amber Heard since like she, you know, slips into all these characters and looks like amazing. And I'm thinking to make it like really like meta is that you could then have like his big comeback, right? Is you could have Army Hammer play um, Johnny Depp. Oh, I and thought then, you like, were going with uh, have Orlando Bloom play Johnny Depp. Well, that could be yeah. true. I uh, think that could know. work. You know what I you mean, do I mean, is you do I mean, it like hey. a you do it like an I'm not there situation where you oh, have yeah, like all of, of his former co-stars. You know, like you have. You have Orlando Bloom and Army Hammer and shit. You can even get uh, Al Pacino to play a version of him. Al Pacino yeah, yeah, has I mean, the scarves. I mean, know, I maintain for the role. one of the six needs to be Skeet Ulrich because he just kind of looks like him. Sure, I was. Yeah. I just get, think I was you thinking Amber Heard to play him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sort of get really cool. meta with that. I you know, it. like I said, I think I think Al could play and, him because he's got the scarves. You know what I mean? So and we're and we're calling it the depths, right? Yeah, the depths, the depths Yet, of my um, despair. You he and mean? Jude Law and Colin Farrell all played the same character in Doctor Parnassus. So get the two of them to both play yeah. him together. Yeah, get Andrew Garfield too because he's in that film like for a little bit. So like oh, you yeah. get so like you're, so you're so wait so Heath Ledger is just chopped liver to you? Well, no, Heath Ledger I mean, is kind look, of dead. We so, look, we kind of you know, spent all of the Unless the we studio want to CGI spent, Heath Ledger cuz I'm into it. Well, yeah, I think yeah, the movie, studio I'm spent a lot of money trying to raise Charles Bronson for the other projects, so it's kind of <laughs> right, hard. To, right. It's kind of hard well, to get Well, isn't James Ledger Dean supposed to be in a movie this year or something like that? Wasn't that a thing last year? Still I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that James Franco will play that part. All right. Fair enough. All right. Steve, I'll take pity on you. Here's an easy one. 
Uh, oh, come come up with another plot for the next Death Wish movie. Get Mitch to do <laughs> Death Witch? Uh, Death Wish, you know, the Charles Bronson. I, oh, I know what you're talking about. Which I'm a witch? good cop. Death. Death Twitch, yes. Death Twitch. It's, in the it's a sandwich. <laughs> it's a sandwich that kills people. Um, <laughs> it'd pretty much be Charles Bronson as Robocop. Mm. They try to exhume his body. Stealing a little bit from the Jason Lives playbook, they are digging him up, leave a shovel in his body, lightning strikes, bing, bang, boom. He's back to life. Love it. He's Robocop. He's Bronson Cop. He's Robo Bronson. I'm a good cop. I, I think of the uh, joke from, from The Simpsons and Charles Bronson and Death Wish 7. It's just him in a bed going, I wish I was dead. <laughs> Mitchell. You're, uh, you've been brought into uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez's production uh, shingle. Oh, God. He's, uh, he's too busy making some children's movie that nobody watches. Um so he has employed you to spin off Sin City. And uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. So but we need a new city. So what other what other city will get the the gritty comic booky feel, presumably with a cameo from Mickey Rourke? Well, I think that's see, that's an interesting question. And I think the and remember the we thing... want to keep it cheap. So like, you know, thinking Dollywood maybe? Dollywood would work. I think that to make it as cheap as possible, really, you could just get a camera anywhere in Florida and just film whatever is happening. You know, you make it black and white, but you just film whatever's happening, and it's probably good enough to be a movie, right? True. Alternative theory. Keep it in Vegas. Sin City 3, we just film it in Branson, Missouri, and don't tell anyone. Save on the money. Yeah. Save on the money. There you go. Either way. Um, Miles. Oi. I thought we were so, wrapping up. Yes, yeah, this is the last one. So, <laughs> do you have a pitch for a thing where maybe a, a disgraced actor is played by a less disgraced actor as a, some sort of food item? Does that sound original to you? <laughs> Just this here to let you know, folks, that you can go watch the Sugar and Spicy retrospective that we posted to the podcast feed just uh, just last yes. week. You, this you, was, you this guys was go a, enjoy it. A it's definitely. A I will say. Hey, just I so you know, say. we might we might need to have a new character pretty soon if we ever do uh, you know kind of revitalize it. Uh, Jelly Kemper. I don't know if you heard her story, but oh, oh Jesus! My God. God. I was Wait. just my partner Damn, was just Steve. texting me about this before, like One. right before we started recording. I was like, "What? What? I don't have time to dig into." I this. don't know what it is. So you guys will tell me in a minute. Yeah, let's not go into it now because it's still early. It'll spoil yeah, the character we're building up down the yes. road. <laughs> but I will Jesus. say, I did I did listen to a moment of our, our retrospective, and it's ridiculous, as you'd expect. You're welcome. But one thing did play as expected. As much as Miles hates it, his commitment to the role is phenomenal. Um, well, I appreciate that. And Bravo. I cued Ryan at one point to make sure that something ridiculous was said, and then his character would be like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. And that came off perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that I just want, I haven't listened to it. it. Was uh was my performance up to par? It was, yeah, especially when we got to the point where um, Kevin reveals what he's doing to them, which Miles, well done, considering how much you hate this. The idea that you came up with is is something. We had, but when I something is fun? the key word, yeah. Like right, well, Miles, we had fun with it. 
You know, just like, keep right? the question mark in there, yeah. 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 So I, I, okay, here, Miles, I'll take, I'll take pity on you. Um, where should Spiral Two go? Ooh, um, I think we mentioned this on the Spiral podcast, but uh, I want to see without spoiling the end of that movie. There's the two main characters that you're sort of left with. I'd like to see them in a bit of a cat and mouse game, and I'd like to see some of the leftover apprentices, like Carrie Elways from the original movies, come back, and maybe you know they've got a bone to pick with. The character uh, from the new movie, uh-huh. bone to pick. You mean you mean him and him and Logan are just like, so he, he could have called us. Yeah, it's like what the fuck, man. We're the we're the jigsaws in this town. And we got like different brands of jigsaws, like Billy the Puppet versus Mister Snuggles or whatever. Yeah, they have. We have access to all the old equipment. Like, also, are they so? Like, here's a logic thing. I'm just curious about. So Logan is just kind of going about his life, right? He's a he's a coroner or whatever. He's just doing his thing medical examiner whatever the hell he is so he's living his life right he's an he's autopsy guy yeah yeah but he's out and about like he's doing his thing he's living his life um, yeah he's is, got a daughter is, <laughs> at what point was dr gordon supposed to return to life because like you know in in seven he's at the you know the 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 meeting right and you reveal he's still alive like was he been presumed dead for the last however many years? Like, did he have a, did he reunite with his wife or like what happened there? Yeah. You never find out what happened in his personal life, even though his wife and daughter are such a huge part of that first movie. Yeah. Like, w- wouldn't they be a little confused? Like, why do you keep going out? I have to do something. Relax. Like, what could you possibly have to do? You've been chained up for years. <laughs> the word on the street is the police officer in the upcoming Spiral 2 is uh, no, no other than Robo Bronson. So it should oh, be good. There you go. All right. Well, we got you guys can uh, get out of here, Steve. You I'm guys glad, can he, I'm new, glad he's uh, getting work. Good old Robo Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Mitch, you, Mitch. Don't don't encourage him. <laughs> so wait. So you wait. wait hold on. Did you listen to some of your ideas, Ryan? Come on. It wasn't so bad. Uh, you, know, you know what? Be nice. I'll spoil a quiet place too for you. Oh, wait. Hold on. Headphones. Headphones off. Headphones off. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. What All was right. it? I said so. He's Action Bronson. Oh, there you go. There we go. Um, so here, um, I'm going to look up what you guys were talking about with the Ellie Kemper thing while you tell me about where you can be followed. Ryan. Oh, don't you want us to do our Mount Rushmore or bad movie? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We didn't do that. Yeah. Yet. Okay. Are we going to have a combined Mount Rushmore? So here's what I think we're going to no. do. No. I want to hear everyone's four and then we'll combine. So this is what you're limited to. So limited to your four. So choose wisely. Don't throw your, your picks away because we only are pulling from what we have. So I'll give you my four first. Um, my 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 four. I have uh, Battlefield Earth. Mm. I think that's a very fair one. Uh, mm. Catwoman. Mm. Movie forty three. Yeah, that's bad. And what's the last Kevin Smith movie? You son of a bitch. <laughs> What's any just, Kevin Smith? You, you know what? And, and, and oh. in the heights. You know what? I'll do that just to you. Oh, no. uh, oh, wow. no, the fourth one will be. Uh, yeah. Good exposure for the site in my review, Joey. You know yeah, I mean? well, we, I gave my thoughts last week. Um, fourth <laughs> one will be. Um, for the record, three and a half stars. So. Yes. Um, for the record, four. You know what? That, like, Ishtar. That. Uh, Ishtar? Okay. It would think of famous bad movies. You're going, yeah, you're going classic. Well, you got to have some classic on the map. You got to have a bad one in there. All Um, right, uh, Steve. All right, Ali will go. I'm all sequels, actually, but I'm going to go with Blues Brothers 2000. Mm. 
Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones and the Crystal oh, Skull. Oh, that's not nice. fair. Come on, that's I like, fair. I like that yeah. movie. Yeah, oh, thank you, okay. Mitch. <laughs> yeah, well, someone actually has to like it. No one loves it. Well, we uh, both and like then it. we'll go into uh, a more recent sequel. Well, it's a sequel, reboot, uh, everything you want to call it, and it's just garbage. Halloween 2018. Well, I knew he was doing this. I knew he was going to go. That one. Sorry. He was going to go there. And then Batman and Robin. Oh, oh, no. Batman and Robin is fun, though. That's a fun movie. But it's terrible. Don't I used to see you. You're looking <laughs> back at it like... So, so far... I've watched that movie this year. I go yeah, back to it Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. My, you got a cocktail. I'll, really... I'll watch that over fucking, like, Batman v Superman any day of the yeah. week. Yeah. Well, that's so. that's crap, too. But that's it's they're both they're both garbage. They're both... So what you're saying is my Mount Flushmore is looking a lot better right now. Real quick. Hold on. You, you, we do not want the next Batman to be Batman and Robin. That's what it is. It's not. Can you watch? Yeah, but it? I don't know it's, that we want to. Not, not really. Either. If you knew what the sequel to Batman and Robin was going to be, you kind of. I know what it was going to be. Batman it it wouldn't have been that much better. It was going to be like Harley Quinn and the Scarecrow. And yeah, with Nicolas Cage as the Scarecrow. Yeah, and like Courtney Love as uh, Harley Quinn, and it was going to tie into the. It was going to tie into like the the original Batman, and Nicholson was going to come back. Oh, yeah, I heard about all that. With tons of puns and terrible costumes and terrible art direction. Everything about it was wrong. It no, doesn't matter fine. who you what who you brought back. The storyteller is is horrific. Well, so, he's also pa- you know, tragically passed. So yeah, well, he was. And by, right. <laughs> be nice and hey, we're bringing Schumacher. him back for Robo Schumacher. Exactly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. uh, he's the chief. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I think the the one that comes to mind first is, of course, the room. I think is yeah. like definitive, mm. like the bad movie. Um, I think aside from that, I would say I had one that I just forgot. Um, so we'll go with the room, Serenity, the Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway from a couple years ago. Oh no, that one's so fu- It's so bad. It's funny. Oh, I I'd agree with that, but it is for me like the. Well, so it is it's the like, room, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is yeah, just that's the fair. most money. That's that's, that's what it, I like about my bad movies is you I don't want watch something. Yeah, exactly. I want something There's on something there that's fun. Crawling you to those. Exactly. Like, are we supposed to like these? Okay. I thought we were supposed to hate these. Steve, you can I mean, love say, to hate them. I, I, I don't know. Steve, I don't you're, know taking, you're taking one approach. Mitchell's taking a different approach. Okay. Uh, we will figure it out as we get to the end. All right, I'm we, we, all get, we all get to vote at the end. Um, I, I became a little bit lost when people said they liked Indy 4, so I'm sorry. Like I <laughs> sit by a truck. Anyway, that was my strategy. Mitch. <laughs> Go ahead, Mitchell. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Um, so my third would be, so I, I listen to the podcast, How Did This Get Made, every week, yes. um, which definitely gives me a little bit of a leg up here for horrible mm-hmm. movies. So my third would be um, Tammy and the T-Rex, which they just <laughs> did, um, their live show for. And then my fourth, I mean, you could just throw cats on there. There you go. Oh. There you go. Another one of those. You can get drunk to watch that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many. Um, well, Remember, you're I, throwing away your vote if you just pick a Cameron movie for no reason. No, 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 I'm, no. Um, I actually don't know if I would put a film from his on there. Um, well, I might put Avatar, but that would probably be like number five. Why don't you just um, wait for one of the sequels that inevitably are terrible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the first one's not any good either. Um, I'm gonna go with Lost in Space. What? Yeah, you take that back. No. Yeah. I just watched that movie. That movie is 
I just rewatched trash. it too. It's it's dated. It's not it's trash. terrible. What they that whole thing with Gary Oldman in the finale is an abomination. Oh, it's Mitch. cute. It's, it's from that. There is era. nothing cute about that it's whatsoever. Horrible. They're trying so movie. hard. There's nothing cute They're about that. They're trying so hard CGI. to make something that looks terrifying. It's, and it's nothing close. It, it's fucking you know species level. I used CGI. to be. I used to be on on your wavelength about this, and I rewatched, and I went, God, what was I smoking as a child? Um, uh, I think. It's well, you're in Texas, so anything. Well. Yeah, I guess. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I would put that up there. It was one of the worst mm. theater-going experiences I've ever had in my life. Oh, come on. Um, Who said, oh, come on? Everybody. I'm a good cop. Shut up, Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's terrible. Um, there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago, and I, that was the worst experience of my life uh, in a movie theater. And it's Gaspar Noe's uh, climax. Um, huh. I I swear to God, I wanted to. I never. I, mean, I almost walked I, out. I and I never walk out of movies, no matter how bad they are. Um, I almost walked out of that thing. I think it's atrocious. I can and, I can one up you. Oh in yeah. Terms of, so the movie's not awful, but the theatrical experience was one of the worst I've ever had. I saw Love in theaters. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, in three D. With like three other film critics. Were you doing research for the theme park? I yeah, <laughs> clearly. Um, I'll never forget at the end of the screening because remember that movie is quite long. Also, mm-hmm. um, I we come out. Nobody really wants to look at each other because I don't want to know who I was there with. Yeah, you're re- you felt real dirty the, walking out of that thing. Yeah, I felt dirty, and the rep was like, "So what do we think, or do we need some time to think about it?" And we all just kind of like shrugged, like, "I think we all want to like privately email our thoughts about this one." Mm. Uh, yeah, that was fast forward to I interviewed um, the leader, uh, the lead actor about that, and that was one of the more awkward conversations ever. Yeah, I bet. So, uh, what was it like to have Gaspar Noe watching you bang people? <laughs> Seems <laughs> like a great guy. Anyway, hey, can I go? Can I take oh. one back? I'm gonna. Can I take back my Halloween? Yeah, because you know, after all these, you got you got you have a lot worse on here, um, and there are a tiny. A very small list of things I actually enjoyed about it. Um, but I will change that one over to The Love Guru with Michael Myers. Oh, oh that's like, a rough one. I like no, that movie. Oh, my gosh. Ryan. All right. I don't understand you. I like Mike Myers' sense of humor. So Yeah, but just... that's horrible. That yeah, is it's not exactly put it... peak Mike Myers. No, it's no. not. But it's like, it's like, it's peak okay, Mike it's Myers. Better than, it's better than a lot of the damn Will Ferrell comedies I'm getting nowadays. That's uh, fair. Um, uh, my last one. Look, there's no way you cannot not have him on a list. So I'm going to pick Transformers Age of Extinction and put Michael Bay on the list. Because you got to, mm. when you're talking about worst films of all time, at least include Michael Is that even Michael the worst Bay. one, though? Well, okay. I, then I I I'd am... probably say Revenge of the Fallen. Would that would be the worst Revenge one? Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, I'll go. Revenge. I just, yeah, definitely yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, I'll put Revenge of the I Fallen am, in there. But I think I that he has to. Extinction is at least weird and kind of one interesting. Time, Revenge of the Fallen is nothing. I think yeah. you, I think that is the one I will make the case for the most because of the fact that it is Michael Bay. You have to have him on a Mount Rushmore. So I will. I mean, that's fair. That's actually why I'm going to, I might have a, uh, like, I'm in charge. I get to change things around thing because I have a person, if Miles doesn't pick, that needs to be represented. Hmm. Okay. No pressure. Uh, well, so I'm splitting my Ra- Mount Rushmore in two halves. 
Okay. Uh, so we've got the hot take side and the superhero side, because I have strong opinions on both. <laughs> um, I will say that a lot of you guys did already drop ones that I might have otherwise included, like um, Battlefield Earth and Cats mm-hmm. in the Room. So um, I'm just picking ones that I personally hate. Um, so first of all, on the hot take side, um, my disdain for David Lynch has been well documented. Oh, wow. I... Uh... It's listen, he does what he does and I guess he does it well, but it's just everything about his style is just a giant neon sign that screams not for me. I'm about to go on a deep dive of him, so I'm curious which film you don't like. I all of them for him. I mean kind of all of them, but if I have to pick one that I'm absolutely like vehemently angry about my time with, it's Eraserhead. Okay. I I had to watch Eraserhead in a giant theatrical screening for film school. I've never contemplated suicide more seriously than while I was watching that film. That's how much I did not like Eraserhead. Everything about it is just an unpleasant experience from start right. to finish. And any interpretation that you could have about its deeper meaning is irrelevant because of how much of a chore it is to sit through. Can I, uh, can I just say that my favorite interpretation of any David Lynch film that I've ever heard in my life comes from Bruce Dern? In a conversation he had with me, just a chat conversation about Inland Empire, which stars Laura Dern, summed it up amazingly. I was like, Laura's good in it. The film doesn't make a fucking lick of sense, but she's good. I, nothing is better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, just a man in his 80s going, that weird-ass movie did not work for me, but my daughter's in it, so I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Mul- Naomi Watts is great in Mulholland Drive, but it's fucking unwatchable. Oh, um, come on now. No, I, I have nothing positive to say about it outside of that. Wow. Um, I thought mine was more bad. And you like Batman and Robin? Oh, brother. <laughs> because Batman and Robin, I do, it's not a It knows movie, what it wants to be. But it's a movie I can enjoy on a cheesy, campy level. There's no element of Mulholland Drive or Eraserhead that I can enjoy. So you're saying if the uh, if the mutant baby would have had nipples on it, it would have been better? Not hey, necessarily. Guys, guys, I'm seeing, this in, I'm seeing this in a couple of weeks. Please do not spoil anything for me. I'm, it's I'm impossible to spoil. Well, yeah, no, like plot is meaningless. Uh, But moving on, uh, the other entry on my hot take list, and, you know, maybe this will get me fired from cinephile circles, but I don't care. I'm going to go with it. I cannot stand 2001 A Space Odyssey. I think it... uh, the science fiction genre owes so much to it. And from a technological and visual standpoint, it's obviously a massive achievement, but it is the most tedious fucking movie I've ever had to sit through. It is so goddamn slow. Nothing like we talk about Zack Snyder being slow. There's nothing in that movie that could normally take a few seconds. That doesn't feel like it takes an hour. It's, it just goes on and on and on only to like, I just, I can't even, um, on the superhero side, um, my personal uh, picks for just the worst are uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, because it barely feels like a finished movie. There was the VFX oh, reel that I thought you said The it. Wolverine. No, know. The Wolverine I like a lot, but X-Men yeah. Origins, oh, yeah, there was like the VFX, bad. like the not whole stuff quite w- finished version that leaked ahead of time, yeah, and the, the finished visual Gambit. effects 
barely, yeah, it yeah. barely looks better. There's that stupid shot where like Gambit's on the stairwell and he's like clawing it into pieces and it doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. What they do to what they do to Deadpool and that, which is spawn oh, all the God, jokes in insulting. the other Deadpool movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's like a there's like a character that gets like really fat and he has to like wrestle him in a ring and yeah, the blob. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. Will it's I just, Am has a prominent role. Yeah, that's all you need to say right there. It's it's just it barely feels like a finished movie, so that's why and the I final one it up there, uh, and the final one for me is Batman v Superman. I don't know that I've ever aggressively Wait, extended ha- spent edition? more time either. Doesn't matter. The extended okay. edition isn't better; it's just longer. Yeah. That's um. But the, so I'm. I've spent more time thinking about how much I hate that film than possibly any other film. And the fact that we'll, we'll probably never see another iteration of Batman versus Superman on screen, and that'll be the definitive one. Th- that's a yeah. big part of what that's I hate about very, it, but I also yeah. just think everything about it is a wasted opportunity, and it's characters I do care about and do want to see good versions of. So the <laughs> fact right. that this is what we're stuck with for those iconic storylines is a real... So here's here's my prop proposal. We include The Room, sure. because it is it is the, the king like of bad the, movies. It's the king. Um, and I'm having a, uh executive decision that we're including an Uva Bowl movie. Mm. Well, mm. Okay, yeah. but what's the worst Uva Bowl movie? Because there's a lot yes. of contenders. Because <laughs> the man's literally got his filmography. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you guys choose. We've got we've got uh, any number of Blood Rains. We've got Postal. We've got Alone in the Dark. We got House of the Dead. Mm-hmm. What's the um, island one? Um, House of the Dead is the island rave movie. We we can't forget about Vampirella, the movie where a, a fat <laughs> vampire person. Kung Fu fights Nazis and Uwe Boll himself plays Hitler. How the hell um, did we not get that nominated for Best Picture? That just yeah. sounds way well, more interesting got, uh, than, than Nomadland, right? Guys? We've oh, got sorry. Rampage. We've got In the Name of the what, King. He's a Dungeon got a trilogy Siege of Rampage films. Yeah, and Blood Rain. Yeah. Uh, he's, he made a Far Cry movie. Oh my he God, sure he did. did. Uh, he made Assault on Wall Street. He made Seed. He made a... You know what? I think... Uh, he made three in the name of the King movies. Um, well, we've got a couple that I think are the ones we need to go with. Either Tunnel well, Tunnel Rats was his Vietnam movie, so who knows. Mm. Um, I think the three that we need to choose from are either um, one of the ones we've mentioned, Blubberella. Blubberella, mm. not Vampirella, yeah. Or um, probably for probably what has to be the most misguided choice, um, he made a movie uh, called Auschwitz. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. I'm so I think maybe maybe uh, just in terms of poor taste, that has to be the one. I don't know. Sure. I House of the Dead. I think that's that is the, one the first one. That's the OG. Isn't that the one that really set him off? Yeah. yeah. That's the one oh. that has clips from the arcade game spliced mm. into the movie. Yeah. Can I, can I take out? That, can I pull a, a, a Steve and take out one? Yes, please. Pens. Make it I'm, good. I'm going to take out um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. It's still a terrible film. I'm going to put in Gotti. Ooh, that's yeah, a rough one. Um, I, 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 you know what? Maybe. So you know, what? okay. So here, so if we're if we're using our normal blank more template, um, we have our our the room being the king. Like it has to be here because all of the things bow before it. I agree with that. Um, Gotti is the one that nobody actually saw. Yeah. So now we need we have Uva Ball just because he's there. I'm- I also think Cats needs to be on there. Just well, Cats is the one everyone saw. There's your popular one, so I think we did it. 
Like, that's the one where, like, every possible creative decision that went into it was the wrong one. Yeah. Agreed. I'm fine with that. Done. All right. Uh, Miles, uh, say where you, you can be found while I try to look up what this Ellie Camper thing is. <laughs> okay. Wait, did, did we finish the, the mount? Yes. The the room, alone yeah. in the dark, cats, and uh, Gotti. Oh, okay. All right. I'm fine with it. Uh, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Uh, please check out my short film, American Exorcist, uh, on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures. And you can now check out another new short film that I was a part of called Once Upon a Dracula. Uh, I co-wrote it and co-star in it. So you want to see me with some weird glasses and very unfortunate facial hair. Uh, please check that one's out. It's also on YouTube. This one under Chase Capo, who was the director. Oh, God. I think I... Oh, my. I just... I had to scroll through Twitter for a little while to figure out what this was. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, it's not I looking just, good. Oh, oh, my. Yeah, gonna make those. Oh, oh, wow. Gonna make those episodes of The Office real hard to watch. Oh, boy. Oh, Wait, what, wow. what? What is all this? What happened? The Ellie Kemper thing. He's I, don't, I have n- I've not heard anything about Ellie Kemper. Just, just wait so, till the news comes out. I would yeah. wait till the news comes out. Let's not be the. Uh... We'll, we'll talk about it all. Well, no, the news. So uh, what I'll say the is the news. If you if you put her name into Twitter. <laughs> You know you, you see a lot of jokes <laughs> about nothing yet, you know, like uh, you know, just silly things. My favorite is I still don't know what she's talking about, but somebody tweeted, "Today is my first day working as Ellie Kemper's publicist. Truly a dream <laughs> job. My phone has been blowing up all day with what I assume are congratulations, but I've been so busy. Time to take a sip of this piping hot coffee and check out the trending topics online." Followed by the next one being a tweet with an image of her from 1999. Yeah. Followed by the next couple ones explaining what that is an image of. And uh, yeah, off air, Miles, I'll tell you just in case this turns out to not I'm be I'm looking real. into Everyone it now. Soon. Y'all, go It ahead seems like the thing, unbreakable yeah, Kimmy Schmidt movies. is now broken. Um, let's, let's just say she uh, she might have like a, like a oh, cabinet. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just <laughs> found it. Oh, no. There's the shoe oh, dropping. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh dear, oh, Miles. You know no. you know what your assignment is now, right? No, go fuck yourself. I'm not touching this. <laughs> I'm not touching this. Kevin Spacey, I, had I at least this. had some distance from. This is so if, fresh. If I had come up with this two weeks ago, would you have believed it? Oh God, yeah. Let's get the let's get this talk off air. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, right. everybody. Go ahead, Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven. Fine. My work uh, here at Awards Radar, Awards Watch, In Session Film, Film Speak, and go over the website. I wasn't able, I know Joey talked about it last week, but I had a review of In the Heights. I think it's the best film of the year so far, and uh, I was really honored to be able to write that review, and I had a blast doing it. So go give it a read. Glad you loved it. God damn you. (laughs) Don't do this. Don't be one of those people. Joe. What? People who have an opinion different from Oh my from god, I found the picture. Oh <laughs> god damn it. Sorry everybody. Oh, oh god. my god. I'm, 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 I'm having I'm actually I just want to hear Miles react to this more more than even talk about my stuff anymore. Oh god. Also go casually and then in the middle of it you just hear somebody shouting sweet Oh my Jesus. god. No. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Oh my god. It would, Not this it way. Been, it Not this been way. Less weird. <laughs> 
if you had found out that she was in the real Midsummer. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> considerably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Miles, where can they find? Or, or, the, they were already did Miles, that. Mitch, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, my Twitter is at it is Mitchell. Um, my letterbox is just Mitchell. Um, and my writing is at Awards Radar. All right. Great uh, writing Steve? over at Awards Radar. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd uh, at Filmsnork. You can also listen to my uh, MCU geek centric uh, <laughs> podcast I produce at the verse cast you can find my work on awards radar and it's wonderful um so, <laughs> enjoy. toot your own horn <laughs> uh you can find me at joey maggots on facebook twitter instagram letterboxd um any number of other things tiktok um, do you got a tiktok I do not have a TikTok. No, you just wait. That is, that's just embarrassing that, if you do. That is a bridge I will never cross. <laughs> the website's got to get a TikTok page, guys. Let's do it. You're more likely to see Ellie Kemper show up in a video. Of, uh, never mind. No, never just mind. Let's stop let's it. On, just just in oh, the episode. God, damn it, everything hurts. Oh, uh, this is all I want to talk about now. Ooh, Netflix so, is taking uh, that down right now as we speak. That show. Perhaps oh, we'll be talking about it next week. In the meantime. Um, we recording we're recording this on Memorial Day, so enjoy the remainder of your uh, day off. I'm about to watch some of my first place Mets, and uh, everyone's back at the movies. I'll be back tomorrow to see. Uh, well, as two days ago, by the time everyone listens to this, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Nice. Yeah. So made you, made you have to see that movie, huh? Yeah. I mean, oh. listen, Hope Springs Eternal. That link shows up before two tomorrow night. So God, wouldn't that be great? But we'll see. Um, in any event. We'll be back next week and uh, keep the questions coming. Keep the requests for things coming, uh, the various mounts, the film hall face-offs. And uh, yeah, we will uh, be back at it. So stay safe, safe, everyone. Get your vaccine and uh, don't show up in things from years ago when you made a poor choice. It's just just don't. <laughs> don't make poor choices many years ago, please. Yes. Or today. Really ever. Yeah, and if you do, just make sure a photographer is nowhere in sight. Yes, I think we should end on this. If you're making a questionable <laughs> choice, even if one that you believe is totally fine, because plenty <laughs> of the people who do bad things are like, "This is totally fine." Yeah. Maybe don't have it chronicled, or yeah. don't make your editor make you do a character about it and put it on a podcast stream, right, Miles? No, that's lost. To the, that's that's uh, <laughs> that actually never went out. No one ever heard it. Miles that's, is fine. It's not happening. <laughs> That's not a thing. Don't let these, don't let these deviants make you feel otherwise. I wanna, I wanna believe that at some point in the future, this comes up as a positive for him, and I get to, I get to rub it in his face one day. Well, I was talking about Kevin Spicy, but no, yeah, yeah. no, I meant that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my dream is still to have one of us interview Kevin Spacey and uh, play this for him. I am uh, gonna. Pass I would on love that to. Interview. I'll watch the video, but I will not be anywhere near the room. Yeah. You know how much money I can make if Kevin Spacey attack uh, Kevin Spacey attacks me, or um, Nicholas ep- Cage? I'll take I'll take either. This this episode is so off the rails. <laughs> All right, are you kidding? These are the rails. This is yeah. the structure. <laughs> Everything else is just a conduit to get here. Oh my gosh, the pictures of that structure. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, canceled. and no, I I think the more interesting one I think would be to have Miles read Sugar and Spicy to Nicholas Cage. Yeah, he, he'd get a That sounds like that, a really good idea. Yeah, and then he sues us because he's like, I want to use this. Yeah. 
that's not how this works, uh, Nick. Have you guys read the as we end as we end the <laughs> Seth Rogen book? Because he tells a story about oh, it's about Green Hornet, right? Nicholas Cage, Hornet yes. Yeah. I have Where not years later, he accuses them of stealing his idea to make the bad guy in Green Hornet a uh, Bahamian gentleman because James Franco then made Spring Breakers. Yeah, well. it's phenomenal. I recommend the book. Well. In any event, more next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. I'm a good cop. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.